for our fourth and final installment of the Ghost Goal Podcast 2022 World Cup previews. We've got the final two groups, Groups G and H, containing sides like South American juggernauts Brazil, Dark Horses Switzerland and Serbia, and sputtering world powers like Portugal and Uruguay. Plus, we'll run through our brackets for the tournament and finalize our picks for tournament winner before things kick off Sunday in Qatar. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the, uh, like I said, the final preview pod, Javier. Brazil! 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 It's always, it's too fun to say. I, like, can't turn it they down every time the, it presents they itself. They are the true, the true World Cup royalty of royalties, Alex. It's been too long. Brazil, Brazil have to win this World Cup. Like, you know that the entire nation right now of Brazil is dying for a World Cup. They are a country that's been in turmoil for, you know, the last few years, politically torn apart, economically as well, and they haven't won the biggest tournament in football for 20 years, and for them, that's an insane amount of time. I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't break their record for longest this time without Neymar's winning the like, World Cup, but if they didn't win the World Cup this time, it would match the, the most amount of World Cups that they've gone without we, winning it. Every World Cup, we say Neymar is the, you know, for the last three World Cups, he's been like the, the player that everyone's looking at, and he's gotten hurt, right? He's always gotten hurt or not played, you know, the full... He needs to stay healthy in this. He needs to play every game, and... They have a chance, man. See, like, I, I disagree. I think this team is built like that even if he goes down injured, they have two replacements that could maybe not do exactly the same thing that he does, but have the talent to, you know, fill the void and other players to plug in to other areas. On paper, of the pitch. best team in the tournament, right? Or is it it's you think France or between them? them or, between them or France, it's uh, right. hard to On say. On paper, their team is absolutely insane. But we were I saying mean, much the same about that that 2018 squad, and I think this team is better than that 2018 squad. But you can't just you know forget that, and they still choked against a team that you know had about as much talent as them, but maybe not the same amount of depth as them in in Belgium. So. Uh, they've choked against like the big European powers like plenty of times the last couple of World Cups, and we don't really have too much evidence of them like head to head with like European teams recently because of like the Nations League being brought in, in in Europe. I think the last team they played was like the Czech Republic like two or three years ago was the last time they played European opposition. So. It's hard to really like say how they're going to stack up against these like European powers, but I think Brazil and Argentina are like both playing better over the last couple of years than you can say of any European team. So that's why they're they're such an enticing option. Yeah, they're both coming into this like like you said un, on uh, one of the earlier pods. Un, both of these teams went unbeaten in qualifying. In South America, that's absolutely insane. Do you want to hear some so, of their stats like, from uh, qualifying? Please. 14 wins and three draws in qualifying, zero losses, like you said. They won their first nine games in CONCACAF, not CONCACAF, CONMEBOL qualifying, which is absurd. They also scored 40 goals and only conceded five. They had a plus 35 goal difference. So uh, it, it seems to me like they're, they're strong all over the pitch. Now, there are like some little areas of concern. Like they play Fred in midfield a bit too much for my liking. And if we see like a Fred Casemiro midfield trotted out there for multiple World Cup games, I'll be a little concerned for them. 
because they've got like players like Fabinho and Bruno Guimaraes from uh, Newcastle who are just just better than Fred. And you, you can't even use the excuse that Fred and Casemiro play even together Lucas at United. Paqueta. Yeah, Paqueta Lucas Paqueta, is, Paqueta too, is yeah. Good, pretty good as well. Yeah, so it's uh, it, that's like th- th- you have those same concerns for a lot of teams. You know, we've had this conversation about other teams that we would consider like favorites or hopefuls to win it. Brazil's like their their problems are still there, like at right and left back with Danilo or Danny Alves playing at right back, and then either Alex Telles or uh, Alexandro playing at left back. Those players aren't you know in the prime of their Oof, careers yeah, doing not, really uh, well. That's not that's not great for. Like prime Brazil teams have always had amazing fullbacks, amazing center backs, like in their prime. I think that's the one thing that this this Brazil team is missing. Thiago Silva is still pretty amazing. Marquinhos is great. Allison's great. So that is a great spine. Those three. You could even add Eder Militao into those. You know, back into that back, make it a back three if you need to. And you, if you want to play wing backs, like play Rafinha or you know Martinelli or something at wing back, you could do that. And uh, if you wanted to go to switch the formation, I mean, it'd be it'd be really interesting to do, you know. Interesting, um, but Chiche, their their head coach, he's he's more pragmatic than that. Like it's always been some kind of variation of a four three three, a four two three one, and sometimes a four four two. But you, you generally see them stick to you know two defensive midfielders, one player ahead of them. I think you'd think it's going to be Neymar so they can fit Neymar in along with Vinicius Jr. on the left wing. We've got to talk about how the attacking players around Neymar have improved so much because, you know, last time the supporting players for Neymar were like for Roberto Firmino, Philippe Coutinho, players like that. They were they were playing well at the time, but I don't think it's really a comparison uh, yeah, comparing that squad talent. to I mean, like Vinicius this Jr. one, is, Vinicius is like a top five player in the world. Rafinha on the right wing, hardworking yeah, player who you know doesn't need to be the star man, but you know can step up, step up with a world class moment if you need it. And then there's there's still potential, I think, with Gabriel Jesus, but it, it seems like Richarlison is going to be starting up top, and he gets more of the opportunities to be the you know the the central figure in the middle. And I'm sure as an Arsenal fan. That's incredibly frustrating to you. But you know, I don't mind. Ma- really? I mean, I do in the sense that, like, sure, it'd be great for, like, Jesus to be playing. Well, but you do. In- at the same time, I don't want him to get hurt. I want him to be uh, Yeah, but arrested. Javier, come on. Like, that's not... Wrap him in Like, like that's, that's a purely Arsenal fan's, like, approach to it. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus wants to play for his country and wants to win the World Cup. So... From the standpoint that you as an Arsenal fan know that He'll Gabriel Jesus time. is war- is He'll better than time. Richarlison, you should be upset for him. You know, Richarlison is not a better player than Gabriel Jesus. He, Richarlison no, yeah, has just I mean, scored a couple that, more goals fun. than Jesus more recently. So that's like there are a couple different spots in different areas of the pitch that, you know, we could see some changes if, if they don't start well. I don't know if Richarlison's uh, fully fit, though. He, he hasn't been playing for Tottenham. Uh, he did play the last like couple of games, but it, it was a it was a risk up until like the last week or so. But he's he's going to be fit and and again, I'm, I'm bringing up all of these like variations of what what could happen because it's wide open and it could start one way and they don't get a great result against uh, Serbia or someone, and then you know Chiche changes things up a little bit. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I guess we'll talk about them in terms of like winning the World Cup a little bit later when we run through our brackets. But uh, we both, I'm assuming, have Brazil first, which will bring us to the two teams that, uh, once again, in the same group as Brazil, like they were in Russia four years ago, uh, Serbia and Switzerland, 
uh, are going to be in this group fighting it out for second place. Where, where do you want to start out with these two teams? Which one? I mean, I, I think a lot of people are going to look on paper at this Serbia team. You know, they have players like Vlahovic, like Mitrovic, Milinko Savic, um, Marko Grujic from Porto, you know, uh, Dusan Tadic yeah. from Juventus, Dusan Tadic. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, you can look at so many of these players that they have. It's it's they're all over Europe. You know, these they're they're all over teams in Europe. And look, you could copy and paste <sighs> this conversation into Switzerland. They're two teams that approach play uh, yeah, their style of play fair. very differently. That's fair. But they both have the personnel to get out of this group. That's why it's such a difficult decision. Basically, you're asking yourself. Which one of these teams has the best chance at, you know, obviously one, getting a result against Brazil, the, the obvious superpower of the group, and, and that, can, that result can be a draw for either of them, and which one of them will win that final group game, because Serbia and Switzerland will be playing each other the final game while Brazil are playing Cameroon. The way it played out last time, Switzerland were the ones who got the draw against Brazil, and then they got a late winner from Jordan Shakiri in like the 90th minute to win it against uh, Serbia after being down 1-0. And Serbia are a much better team now. So I think there is, I think for weeks leading up to this, like kind of preparing like slowly for this, I was leaning towards Serbia. But after looking at Switzerland's record, like against the big teams and in big games, Switzerland just don't lose. Like they got a draw against Brazil in the last World Cup. They got a draw against France in the the last Euros and then beat them on penalties. They got a draw against Spain in the next round and then lost on penalties. They're greater than the sum of their parts, Switzerland. Uh, I know we're flip-flopping back and forth here, but I'm just saying from a standpoint of making the decision for who gets second, I'm leaning towards the team that has a more established, uh, consistent eleven. Uh, that has played together for years. You know, we've got all of the most, like, all of these players in their late 20s and early 30s, like Granit Xhaka, Jordan Shakiri, Manuel Akangji from uh, Ma- now Manchester City, Ricardo Rodriguez, the left back from Torino, Jan Sommer in goal, who had a bunch of those penalty saves last, uh, last year. The list goes on for Switzerland. So I'm going to lean on the consistency of you know, the defensive a couple, team. Couple, a few players there, Alex, you didn't mention. No, I know. I know. I'm, there's, there's, that's the point. They're to, a very uh, good team. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm just saying I'm leaning on their style of play over, over yeah. Serbia's attacking style of play. I, I agree with you, Alex. I mean, I was going to pick uh, Switzerland to get out of this group. I think that they've also improved yeah. from that team that, that played in the World Cup four years ago. You know, they had a lot of young players. They had players like Shakiri were a big part of the team. Uh, Seferovic was a starter. Mbolo was was injured um, for that World Cup. He would have been 21. He would have been young. But now he's back. He's playing. He's fit. Um, he looks like a much better player now, Briel Mbolo. And then there's that, uh, that young kid, Noah Okafor, 22 years old on Red Bull Salzburg. You know they're quoting fifty, sixty million for him for uh for a big team next summer, and he he's exciting. I'm sure he's he's a player that you know was not even in anyone's radar in the last World Cup or even on the Euros, and he's broken into this. He, uh, I think he was on their he side. was on their Euros team last year, but I, I don't think he was gotcha. starting. Yeah, him and uh, Jabril So So's also been you right. know great on Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, on he was on Gladbach before, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and 
Yeah, they've got, like you said, I mean, granted, Xhaka, uh, they have Dennis Zakaria from Chelsea, Remo Freuler from Nottingham Forest. Formerly Atalanta, you know, great, who's played in the Champions League for a couple seasons great, before this. Great, hardworking midfielders. They have depth. They have youth. I, I just, yeah, I love this. Um, even this uh, Fabian Rydar kid, uh, you know, I've, I've heard good things about him. He plays on Basel, 20 or, or sorry, on Young Boys. Um, but he was, you know, playing in the, Young Boys were in the Champions League, right? Or in the Europa League. Uh, I'm not sure what they. I'm not sure what they're in this year, but last year they were in the Champions League and they they beat Man United on that that one game. But yeah, I want to back Switzerland too. I think that it's crazy because this Serbia team would absolutely get second in almost any of these other groups. I just think that they got really unlucky. This is kind of the group of death Dude, because I would not be they, surprised they, they, if they, they might not even, if they were amazing in this group. They they, they have they they have better attacking options now. They just had Mitrovic last time. I was about to say. The uh, the front three is is possibly you know other than Brazil and France I probably and probably Argentina, um, you know the the front three Mitrovic, uh, Luka Jovic and Vlahovic is is an amazing you know front three that they can play. I mean they're not they're not Tadic they're not going to well. play all three of those though they probably they're not, they probably they play could. Mitrovic and Vlahovic and then they'll play Tadic just behind like to to fit Jovic in there with Vlahovic and Mitrovic just seems like too many of the same kind of player. And, you know, they, they have a really good record against even teams better than them playing a style that's like very direct and not not quite counterattacking because they do press like a fair amount, but they play a five at the back with like very aggressive wingbacks. So despite like the defensive formation, they have more attacking players in there uh, than you would like assume uh, they would for a team with a five at the back. Philip Kostic from Juventus, uh, I think he was on... Frankfurt before that he's a very underrated player and uh, he, he could have an excellent World Cup and then they have like some underrated young defenders like Strahinja Pavlovic uh, the center back from RB Salzburg Nikola Milenkovic from Fiorentina uh, Nemanja Gudel the uh, defensive midfielder from Sevilla he's kind of taken over from Matic's role and he's definitely a, a better uh, defensive midfielder at this point of his career than Matic was at the last World Cup. So they've stepped up like in certain positions. They, they've improved for sure. It's uh, just a matter of whether you like their ability to score goals against a team like Brazil and Switzerland, or do you like Switzerland's ability to not concede goals against a team like Brazil and Serbia? So it sounds like we're both leaning towards Switzerland for second here. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Switzerland, but I mean, anyone anyone could get out. I mean, we haven't talked about Cameroon, but they could surprise us. I mean, yeah, they're a team that doesn't have nearly as many you know big names, but they they have some very good strikers in uh, Brian and Buemo. Uh, you know, we we all know Abu Abubakar and uh, Toko Akambi from uh, I think he's from Lyon. He plays on the yeah, you forgot the the best one of all, Eric Maxim Chupomoting. He was out of the fold for ah, years. Yeah, he's he's been brought back in, scored a pivotal goal in the uh, the knockout uh, qualifying game that they uh, when they beat Algeria. They lost the first leg at home against Algeria one nil, and in the second leg back in uh, away at Algeria, they went up one nil. So it was one one on on aggregate. It went to extra time. They conceded. Uh, so they were down 2-1 on aggregate. It, they conceded in the 118th minute. So two minutes left to go. And then in the 124th minute, Toko Akambi scored the winner in Algeria to send them through to the World Cup final. So 
they've gone through a lot. I think their group before that, they had like Ivory Coast they had to finish ahead of to, to get out of that group, along with Malawi and Mozambique. So they've had a tough like run of qualifying and they've overcome all of their uh, opponents so far. So they definitely, you can't claim that they're just going to be like rolled over. They're, they could play spoiler to, I think, one of Switzerland or Serbia. They, they could play spoiler, but we'll see. I think their first game is going to be against Switzerland. That's another reason I'm leaning Switzerland because it like sets sets them up to have three points against you know like the, the what people are thinking is the worst team in the group in in Cameroon. Meanwhile, Serbia has to play Brazil in the first game. So right off the bat, Switzerland could have like a three point advantage before playing Brazil in that second game, and maybe they get a draw in that, and it's even easier for them in the final game. Um, do you give Cameroon any chance of getting out here? Like, what would you put it percentage-wise? I mean, if Chupo Moteng randomly shows up and, you know, continues this great start he's had for Bayern and goes into the World Cup, and their goalkeeper, Andre Onana, has another, you know, amazing performance um, like he's had for Cameroon in, in World Cup qualifying, then, yeah, I just, I, this is, like I said, this is such a hard, hard group. For me, this is the group of death. This is the hardest group. The team's... I, I think Brazil are going to still sweep the group, but I think everyone else could take scalps from each other, and it could be like four, po- three teams on four points at the end, and goal difference matters or something, hmm. you know. So yeah, I don't see Brazil sweeping it, be, it. I think seven points. I could think it could be nine points for Brazil, and then four points, four points, four points. Yeah, I don't see Brazil sweeping it personally. I think seven is more likely, and would obviously get them through probably in first. But uh, I, I would probably say Cameroon's chances maybe at like ten percent. Did we mention Andre Frank Sambuangisa yet from uh, Napoli? No, he's he's, having he's in the season, form yeah. of his life right now. He's got three goals and six assists in eighteen games for Napoli this season, which was never a part of his game before this season. Uh, he's turned into like a box to box beast. So they have like one player, it seems like, in the three phases of you know defense, midfield, and attack that you know they can they can lean on for performances. So it's not it's all not all doom and gloom for them. Do you want to finalize these picks? It sounds like we're in the sort of in the same mind here. I've got Brazil, yeah, I mean, Switzerland. Brazil, Brazil one, Switzerland two. Serbia three, Cameroon four. Yep. Same here. All right. Let's move on to Group H. Chalk. Yeah, chalk. Uh, let's move on to Group H. I think this one's tougher to predict than than uh, the the last one personally. And if you could, if I was going to categorize one group in this World Cup as the group of death, it would be that. Spain, Germany, Japan, Costa Rica group. That was that was my group of death personally. But Group H, I think, is it's up there. It's going to be a tough one. We've got Portugal, Uruguay, Ghana, and South Korea. Let's just get to the elephant in the room with Portugal. All predictions for Portugal have kind of been thrown, you know, off kilter, thrown asunder. It's hard to really just like describe or predict how this, you know bombshell of a Ronaldo interview with Piers Morgan that's been like filtering out over the last couple of days. How is that going to affect the team? There's plenty of like social media posts of Ronaldo greeting his Portugal teammates and them like shunning him, whether it's like Bruno Fernandes or uh, Joao Cancelo. So it's hard not to be seduced by that. But I I think when you, you look at the squads, like this is obviously like the most talented team in this group. And you would assume anything less than you know, qualification to the next round would be a disaster because there's there's still like a better team on paper than any of these other three. 
I, I've just really struggled with like trying to decide whether I think they'll get first or another team will, will pip them to it. Like, what, what are you thinking for yeah. Portugal coming into this? No, I mean, I, I think there's potential for Portugal to be to crash out of this World Cup in the group stage um, because this team, on paper, like you said, is definitely the most talented in the group. You know, they have still kind of a weird formation that they have to play because they have they play Cristiano Ronaldo still and he still starts every game. So players like Rafael Liao and João Felix have to kind of step aside and try to feed Ronaldo or they have to be on the bench. Um, and then players like Ricardo Horta and Andre Silva don't even really get game time. Players like Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Neves... You know, the, the midfield is, is super talented in uh, in this Portugal side. William Carvalho, Matias Nunez from Wolves, Chao Palinha from Fulham, both have looked good when they've played so far this season for their teams. But I think there's a couple weaknesses, like Pepe still plays randomly for Portugal. I, like, I don't like that Ronaldo and Pepe still play for, for Portugal and that they still have a reliance on those types of players. Um, but there are still some, you know, amazing talent in the back line you have Ruben Diaz from Manchester City, Nuno Mendes from PSG, Chao Cancelo from City, Diego Dalot from United. All of them are having pretty good seasons. So Rafael Guerrero will probably start at left back, though. The uh, Dortmund yeah. no, left back. But, uh, but Mendes is good as well. It's an exciting team for Portugal, I think. If they somehow don't let this Ronaldo... Th- I mean, Ronaldo's going to have to, I guess, show up in this World Cup, right? He's putting his... Uh, He's kind of putting his eggs all in the Portugal basket because uh, he burned all his bridges to this club. So I kind of expect Ronaldo to to have some sort of response in this World Cup to kind of put his haters to 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 you know shush them. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of backed himself into a corner here. Uh, but you know, those are the moments that he usually steps up and does something. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't think a lot of people will love the way he's conducted himself the last week or last couple of weeks, because this isn't the only incident of, uh, you know, the petulant side of Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you think he should be starting in the team? I don't think he should be. If we're going completely based off off merit, you'd... Yeah, I don't think so either. You'd, you'd probably... But, but, I mean, you got to face reality when, you, when you're predicting yeah. something, you know. I, and we've, we've talked about, like, what little things all of these big teams could do to maybe improve. I don't. You're right. Pepe starting at the back isn't great either. But they do have like some options they could bring in if Pepe, you know, picks up a knock. He's like going to be 40 next year, so it's very conceivable to think that he could, you know, pick up a knock in a game and all of a sudden he's out for the last two group games. And they have a player like Antonio Silva, the 19-year-old center back from Benfica, who only has one cap but is immensely talented and can definitely come in and do a job or Danilo Pereira from PSG who the last couple of years has moved from a defensive midfield position to more so playing as a center back he's not like a natural center back but if Portugal planned to be on the ball more than their opponents you know they could probably hide the fact that he's not like a proper like center back pure defender and uh, keep the ball with all their talent and sort of mask his being in the team so uh, and then there's the the matter of, and I don't know why people haven't been crying out for this more, a player like Vitinha in midfield. He's only 22 years old, but you know he just joined PSG this year. And he's, frankly, he's like the heir apparent to Verratti in PSG's midfield. He's like a very similar player where he works hard defensively. He's got a knack for 
you know, never losing possession and always having great decision making on the ball. But in this Portugal team, there are more senior players like that you mentioned, like Moutinho and Neves and uh, William Carvalho, who will start ahead of him. But that might be to the the team's detriment because they probably need a bit more quality and composure on the ball to stop them from being such like a defensive counterattacking side. Because Ronaldo at this age, you're not going to counterattack very effectively with Ronaldo as your lone striker. You probably need to either you know get yourselves on the ball a, a bit more slowly and patiently build up possession before you can deliver like a better ball into Ronaldo into the box. Or you need to bench Ronaldo and have a more like rapid direct player like Rafael Leao playing up there, or maybe even Andre Silva. So if they continue to play like defensive counterattacking like systems, which I, I think they will, Ronaldo up top, I, I don't think is going to go very well. Now, it could go well enough where they get out of the group, but I don't think they're going far in this tournament if they do. Like Another thing to think about here is that whoever gets second in this group is playing Brazil in the next round. <laughs> so I mean, we'll get into that later, but that, that's plenty of motivation to win the group. But, you know, Uruguay aren't, you know, in, in as good, in much better form as Portugal. They're kind of, they're kind of similar. I don't know. Do you want to move on to Uruguay now? Yeah. They're my pick to get out of the group, the other team. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm not super excited with this Uruguay side. I think they have some very good players on paper. Uh, I think the the midfield of Valverde and Betancourt, both of them are having Valverde's having a unbelievable season. He's been one of Real Madrid's best players, getting winning goals left and right, you know, playing amazing defensively and offensively all over the pitch. Betancourt's been Tottenham's best player for me as well. Um, you know, scoring bunches of goals, getting assists. Also, again, doing the defensive work. And then, you know, this Dar- Darwin Nunez coming into the side. They still have Cavani and Suarez as veterans. It's a uh, an exciting team for uh, for this Uruguay side. But they kind of, even though they had this team, they they struggled a little bit in qualifying. And they barely, kind of barely made it over the line. And you, you expected on paper that this was going to be a team that wasn't going to have any problems. And... They still just they, they was didn't look that good in qualifying, um, and for me that's why they aren't going to just like you know blow through this this group. Or I I think that they could easily drop points to to Ghana, lose to Ghana or draw, and then I think South Korea if they if Human Son wasn't injured like yeah. for this World Cup, I I would be much more like this is a group of death, but. South Korea's chances for me are a lot diminished with... Well, we'll, we'll get you know, to them Uruguay. in a second, but yeah, it's... Yeah, with... It's more but, up in the air. But yeah, sure. Um, the thing about Uruguay, yeah, I wanted I, to say off the back of you saying they were struggling in qualifying. I, I was looking specifically at their results against the other Calmebol teams that qualified for the World Cup. They only, out of the six games against Ecuador, home and away, and Brazil and Argentina, home and away... They only won one of those games, and it was a 1-0 home win against Ecuador. They lost 4-2 in Quito, and they lost all of their games to Brazil and Argentina home and away. Now, they made up for that by beating you know, like Peru and uh, getting draws with Colombia and the teams below them. But it's like it's it's a similar exercise that I was kind of using for teams in CONCACAF. Like, how good are they against like the actual the other actual teams that are going to the World Cup? Let's like filter out the El Salvadors and in South America, filter out like the Bolivias and 
what other team was bad? Like Paraguay, I guess. There aren't really many bad teams. Yeah, Venezuela. The war- yeah, Venezuela, sure. Filter out those teams. Let's focus on the teams that have shown they can you know, qualify for the World Cup. And it's not a good exercise for Uruguay. It's uh, it's a rough one. And, and, you know, there's a lot of factors for that. And the team has changed over that time. And like you said, now they have players like those midfielders you mentioned who are Valverde and Bentancourt are both playing at a world-class level right now. And then you've got like someone like Georgian de Arasqueta, who's not world class, but he's like a very good number 10 slash center midfielder. With those two like world class, hardworking players like Valverde and Bentancourt alongside de Arasqueta, that they've got plenty of potential to, you know, dominate the ball if they if they want to. But it's just a matter of are they gonna are they gonna do that? Oscar Tabarez isn't their coach anymore. They've got a new coach in uh Diego Alonso, who took over last year. So maybe he shows a willingness to, you know, open things up a bit more and not be the like defensive counterattacking team that we've been so used to for with Uruguay these last couple of the tournaments. I- I'm still trying to make my mind up about whether they get out or not. I'll wait until uh, we-, we do the final predictions. You said you do have them getting out, though, right? Yeah, no, I, uh, I think they narrowly get out. Yeah, let's move on to Ghana then. A surprisingly uh, more talented squad than I anticipated. I think they've had a f- couple of players recently like change their international allegiance and declare for Ghana. I was pleasantly surprised to see Inaki Williams uh, from Athletic Bilbao. He's you know now the main attacking player for Ghana up top, and that's you know a big upgrade on players like Jordan and Andre Ayew, um, and and obviously the rise of young Ajax attacking midfielder Mo Kudus is another big injection of quality into their team that, you know, sets them up at least with a fighter's chance of getting a maybe a win and a draw. Have, uh, they have the best solo midfielder in the entire world. Yeah, well, Thomas yeah, Partey. they have a very good defensive midfielder, Thomas Partey. Is he their captain? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I'm not Probably sure either. Be. Stay away. Right. Sorry. Uh, but where they where they kind of fall short a little bit, though they do have names at the back, is I don't love them defensively. They don't really have like an entrenched defensive identity, but yet that's still how they play. Their their manager is uh, Otto Addo. He was just uh, appointed back in February when they did terribly at the African Cup of Nations. They finished bottom in a group that had uh, Morocco, Gabon, and Comoros. And, you know, the top three teams in each group would qualify for the next round and Ghana got fourth. So they got knocked out of the African Cup of Nations in the group stage. And then a month later had their playoff to get into the World Cup against their hated rivals and neighbors, Nigeria. And they managed to win that knock that, you know, two legged knockout game uh, by playing very defensively and winning on away goals. I think it was one one at the the after the two games. But they, it was like kind of like a, a a sudden shift to like a five at the back that, you know, in more recent friendly games, like they lost three nil to Brazil playing that five at the back, trying to be defensively stout and, you know, break out on the counterattack. And it, it just seems like they're, they're not like well prepared enough for this World Cup. There's like a lot of nice names on paper, but it's not all been configured into one. Oh, I want now. them to crash out, crash out and burn, you know, get Thomas back on the plane, <laughs> wrap him in wool, Alex. He's the one player we can't get hurt. We just cannot have him get injured in this World Cup. Ghana, Ghana do have a chance, like you said, though. They have a lot of uh, decent attacking talent, hardworking midfielder, very, very, very quick 
you know, a lot of very quick players. Defensively, they're not like you said, they they not the best, not the best prepared for what they're going to have to face in this World Cup in this group specifically. I mean, I think Darwin Nunes is probably going to be the best attacker that they face. Maybe someone on the Portugal side. Yeah, maybe maybe Ronaldo, maybe Ronaldo or you know Bruno Fernandes or Bernardo Silva yeah, yeah, yeah. or Rafael Leao. But, but I think Ghana have enough that they could they could they could squeak out in second in this group if uh, if Portugal if they they could get like a draw with Portugal or beat Uruguay randomly and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get out of this group. So. What do you think about this backline for Ghana? Right back, Terry Clamty from Brighton. Center backs, Daniel Amarte from Leicester and uh, Mohamed Salisu uh, from Southampton. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and then left back, Chelsea loan legend Baba Rahman from Reading. All right. I mean, it, they're uh, names. You know, what? you know, they've that's got like the names. A, that's, a, that's a pacey as hell back line. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm you still know not sure this, whether it will I, be a back four or back not five. A bad, not a bad, probably on paper, the best African team. No. Come on, man. Do you not agree? Do you just disagree then with my uh, Senegal or Morocco take? I think those two teams are better on paper than Ghana. Maybe Morocco. Maybe Morocco. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not ruling out Ghana's chances. They definitely have a small slither of a chance. But I actually kind of like Korea. Like they were the team I was thinking that like could get second before that Son eye socket injury. He fractured his eye socket in the last Champions okay, no League son, game. No Son. No World Cup. He could. That's he it. could play though. I don't think he's been fully rolled out. This group is the, the the last group, so they would be the last ones to have their first game. So that's a little bit like a couple days extra time that they may not have had if they were in Group A. I've just heard like it's nothing's final yet. It's not like with Sadio Mane, who we'll get to in a second. It's not like that injury where he's definitely out. Like you can players can play with one of those masks on or a you know a a helmet or something and be fine. Uh, I think it's more down to some of their other players. It's it's the fact that players like uh, Hichan Huang from Wolves, he's not playing at his best and hasn't been playing much for Wolves while also dealing with some injuries. Uh, him and there's there's another player, an attacking midfielder from uh, Mines, uh, Jason Lee. Uh, he's, all of these players are like in their late 20s to early 30s, right in, you know, my favorite my favorite phrase for predicting teams this World Cup, right in the peak of their athletic, you know, prime. Obviously, Son is like, it starts and ends with Son. But if he's healthy, for them, even for them to still have a chance of getting out of the group, he's going to need some help. And the last World Cup, they did get a major scalp when they beat Germany on the last day. But in the first two games of, of the, the group stage against Sweden and Korea, at times it just felt like they were far too deep defensively and only relying on Son counterattacks. They need to have some kind of evolution to their game. Uh, you know, I think they, they have it in some players if they can turn their form around. I think the next best player on this team is uh, Min Jae Kim, the center back who just moved to Napoli and has been absolutely dominant there so far this season. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be the standout player for Korea along with Hyungman uh, Son, you know, if, if Son can play. But Son hasn't been having a great season for Tottenham, and even if he plays in this World Cup, you know, I'm not sure. He was almost enough in the last World Cup to, to you know, will them past 
I think didn't, they ended up beating Germany in the end in that last game. But uh, Yeah, and that didn't help them, but it got Mexico through to the next round. Yeah, so I was going to say, I mean, it, it, it could end up being the same type of situation where they they play spoiler to someone who who's trying to get out of the group and if they get you know get a win or a draw they they spoil someone's world cup chances um i think there's every chance that that's for me, portugal I don't, I don't i don't think they get i don't think they get out of here i don't think they get out of this group i i'm i'm just saying i think they have the next best chance after portugal and uruguay and the reason i'm saying they could ruin portugal's world cup is because korea's head coach since 2018 is paulo bento who's the former portugal coach from 2010 to 2014 i think he got them to the uh maybe the quarterfinals of the of the euros in 2012 i can't exactly remember maybe the semifinals i think it was and it was fired after they didn't get out of the group in 2014 when they were in that group with Germany, USA, and Ghana. Uh, so th- there's, you know, he's familiar with that Portugal team, but still at least some players, Ronaldo and uh, and Pepe. And uh, yeah, maybe he has a, a game plan built through his familiarity with his, you know, his motherland that he can uh, take advantage of as Korea coach. I'm just saying don't sleep on Korea. If I was going to pick one of Korea or uh, Ghana to spoil things and and get second ahead of one of Portugal or Uruguay, I I would pick Korea. But because of that son injury, I'm I'm going to say Portugal first, Uruguay second. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of boring. We have the same same picks, but... Yeah, hey man, I, Portugal first, Uruguay second. I've done my fair share of picking upsets, embracing chaos. I just couldn't bring myself to do it in these last two groups. You know, I, I'm all I'm all done. Run out of chaos. You know, I don't blame you, Alex. I've been uh, I've been chalk on board all the whole time. You know, the only group was the uh, USA group where I uh, where I put my balls and said Iran we're gonna get out over the US. But I guess I should like fill out the rest uh, of those picks by saying I, I have South Korea third and Ghana fourth. How about you? I've gone a third South Korea for Okay. Some variation there. Good to know. That'll bring us to the final bracket. Uh, let's just, you know, to give people an idea of like what the matchups could look like in the next couple of rounds, like what likely quarterfinal or semifinal matchups we see on the horizon. Uh, we're going to be doing the FIFA World Cup uh, bracket challenge through foxsports.com. Uh, we've got all of our group winners or you know group first and second place teams uh filled out already and javier let's just uh quickly run through uh all of these like round of 16 games uh first uh let's start at like the top left of this bracket so from my group winners so far i have in that game holland versus iran and i have holland winning that game how about you yeah same holland iran with uh, Holland winning that game. Okay, going down from there, we've got Argentina-France. Uh, I had France as the second-place team in uh, Group B, or Group C, sorry. Uh, so I have them facing Argentina and Argentina winning. Yeah, see, this is where I was I was like, I, I really have to put Denmark into winning this and put my belief in Denmark. Um, so yeah, I think don't I have copy France me. in this game as well with Argentina. No, you don't. No, Javier, Javier, stop right now. I did. You I did. you picked France as the winners of that group. 
No, I didn't. I picked it. No, you didn't, Javier. I've edited each of these podcasts. You picked France. It's in the Google Docs. It's in. It's recorded. You picked France to win, and you had Denmark second. That, that's why I like. That's why I said to fill this out before. Or oh pick yeah, the yeah, group yeah. France, when, when Denmark. There's... Yes, France, Denmark. So you have yes. Argentina versus Denmark. Argentina versus Denmark, and Argentina win. Okay, eliminating your World Cup winners. They they get. Oh, it. we're gonna get to that. Okay, uh, working our way down from there. Uh, I have Germany versus Morocco. Uh, Morocco getting second place and Germany getting first in in their group and facing each other. And then I have Germany winning that game. What about you for the next one down on the left? Uh, I have Germany versus Belgium and Germany winning that game as well. Okay, uh, that brings us to two teams that we've just covered. Uh, We both have Brazil and Uruguay in the sort of bottom left of the bracket when you're looking at it. Yeah, I have Brazil winning that. Same with me. So uh, then go to the opposite side of the uh, bracket and the opposite side of the round of 16. At the top, I have uh, England winning their group and Ecuador coming in second in Group A, facing each other. And uh, begrudgingly, I will say say England will win that game. I'll give them that. Yeah, and... I have uh, England beating Ecuador as well. I know I had um, let's hit on this Senegal real quick. getting out of the group, but uh, Sadio Mane being out of the World Cup is just for me. It's such a blow. I don't, yeah, I don't think that Senegal get out of this group without Sadio Mane. That was just announced so, earlier today. I, for so. me, that's a little bit. Uh, I'll allow that one, but the France Denmark switch up, I will not allow. There is, there's no no reason for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, going down from there on the right side of the bracket, I have. Denmark as winners of their group with France uh, against Poland, and I have Denmark winning. I've already kind of spoiled this, but yeah, Denmark winning that one. Yeah, what about I've you? I've got, uh, got France against Poland and uh, France beating Poland. I mean, I would not be mad. I would be mad that my Denmark pick didn't happen, if that, if you're right, Javier, but France-England in the quarterfinals would be amazing. Like, I would... Yeah, that'd be an amazing... I'd really game. enjoy that. Um, working our way down from there, still in the round of 16... I have uh, Croatia as winners of their group versus Japan. And uh, from that, I have Croatia winning. How about you? Yes, I have Croatia, Spain, but I have Spain winning that game, actually. Okay, interesting. Uh, And then finally, the last game of the round of 16, I have uh, Portugal and Switzerland. And I have Switzerland beating Portugal and going through to the next round. What about you? Yeah. Alex, I also have Switzerland beating Portugal and going through. The ah, okay, round. guys. In case you haven't noticed, I yeah. mean, some of these we match up on, but you know, we didn't plan this. We haven't like planned and like given each other our picks ahead of time to make it interesting. Um, but yeah, let's uh, quickly go to the quarterfinals. Go back to the top left of this bracket on Fox Sports. Uh, for my quarterfinal matchup, I had Holland versus Argentina, and I have Argentina winning that. What about you? Of course, Alex. I mean, I have Argentina winning it. I think Argentina. Are, okay. Yeah. Don't save it. Save it up. Away. Save it up a little bit. Yeah, save yeah, it. We'll save it. We'll save it. But uh, then we the both Dutch... have Germany, Brazil in the other quarterfinal. Who do you have? I've I have Brazil winning. Yeah, Argentina, Brazil semifinal at the World Cup. That would be uh, very very juicy for me. Here's where I deviate. I have Germany. Come oh, on. You, you can't tell me. Wow, that, like, Alex. No, can't I can't. Tell me that, I can't. Like, I mean, Neymar that's going to be a great rematch, though. And that's going to be a Thiago Silva are not like what it ends up being. They're not like scarred from that seven-one. That still lives on in the memory. That was a national catastrophe. Yeah, so I have Germany winning that quarterfinal with Brazil and going through to the semifinals with uh, against Argentina. Uh, opposite side, top right, England versus Denmark for me, and I have Denmark 
beating England, getting revenge for that semi-final loss uh, in the last Euros, uh, you know, the one that Denmark barely lost thanks to a Harry Kane penalty. What about you? You have England, France. Who do you have winning that one? Oh, this was this was really hard for me. I think France. I think France win it. I think France have just enough, um, and they make it to the semifinals here. You know, breaking that uh, that curse of the last four out of the last five World Cup winners haven't been haven't even gotten out of the group stage. But I think they'll they'll break that trend and, and go deep in this tournament, get to the semifinals. Yeah, and that would be better than uh, the two thousand six Brazil team who lost in the quarterfinals to France um, that year and. They were the only team that had won the World Cup before that had gotten out of their group afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that would be uh, quite an achievement for a, a you know a reigning world champion to even get back to the semifinals. Uh, but moving along to the last quarterfinal match, for that one I have Croatia versus Switzerland. And I have Switzerland beating Croatia and getting to the semifinals to face Denmark. Javier? Uh, yeah, I have Switzerland against Spain and... This one, I think, is going to be a, a nail-biter. Probably goes into extra time, but I have Spain winning, setting up a Spain-France semifinal. The chalk continues. <laughs> uh, so that means our semifinal matchups. I have Argentina-Germany in one semifinal and uh, Denmark-Switzerland in the other semifinal. Uh, I'll just say I have Argentina and Denmark winning their two semifinals and uh, then Denmark beating Argentina in the final, ruining Lionel Messi's last World Cup. Javier. Yep. See, I have uh, Argentina-Brazil in an epic game. Argentina in the semifinal? In the semifinal. That would be and epic. And then uh, France, France and Spain also epic game. And weirdly enough, I think Spain gets to the final. This is great. Gavi, I'm so happy. Pedro, I'm so Ansu happy Fati. with this. I have Spain going out in the group stage, and you have them getting right, to the fucking final. You have them going final. up in the group this stage, and I have them going to the final. Uh, you know, lo- everyone, you know, getting all horny over Spain's young gods that uh, dominate the tournament, but then uh, Lionel Messi putting them to the sword and uh, winning the World Cup two one. You think he does it? I do. Do you not worry about? Uh, I know they just beat Brazil in that I think last Brazil, Copa America. Brazil is like the. I think Brazil is the the going to be the, you know the the team that makes it so that if 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 this happens, it's going to be because they beat Brazil. Ah, so that's why I have them, uh, you know, beating Germany and then losing to Denmark because they never got to face Brazil in my bracket. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just one more time for the, the the final, like the semifinals that we have. I have Argentina beating Germany and uh, Denmark beating Switzerland, and then Denmark winning the final. Uh, You have Argentina beating Brazil in one semifinal, and then Spain beating France, am I right in saying that, in the other semifinal? And then uh, Argentina beating Spain in the final. Well, Javier, we finally made it. Finished our World Cup previews. Four up, four down. Good work. Uh, We kind of got a good formula down uh, for these, like 40 to 50 minutes. Uh, four pods in two weeks on top of the two Premier League uh, pods we got, we gave you guys. So, uh, yeah, another big thank you uh, to you, Javier, for, you know, making the time to uh, do all these. And What if Iran won the World Cup? I mean, it's not happening. It's not. Because it's in Qatar. What if everything gets rigged for Iran? Okay, what if Qatar win it? How about that? That would be the more likely team right? to rig it. For... That would be, yes. Oh, should we mention the rigging? Them paying off Ecuador? Or... If you want to, rumors? go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't there? There's been some rumors circling around Twitter. I just don't like. I don't like spreading Daily Mail rumors unless it's to you sure, in an effort to get you to stick with Senegal. <laughs> it's not the type of rumors that have come out in previous World Cups. It could just be because they're trying to throw shade on more and more shade to Qatar. Um, but apparently, there's rumors that if some of the Ecuadorian players have been paid off to lose to Qatar one nil in that first game, so. All eyes are going to be in that first game watching if anything weird happens. and oh, It would be brutal if they lose 1-0 into a goal in the second. Let me, let me put it this way. If you see the line shift drastically in like towards Qatar in like the last like couple of hours or 24 hours before that game kicks off, then Ecuador's been paid off. Because <laughs> there's going to be bets coming in from all around the world uh, if that's the case. Uh, so... I don't want to say, like, spread that rumor and say that it's definitely true, but, you know, it's an unfortunate side effect of, you know, this being the world's game. Uh, all of the world's corruption gets funneled into this uh, this one tournament. So, yeah, we'll see how that uh, that works out. I still, I still think Ecuador can win it, though. Hopefully it's not true. Again, Javier, thanks again for uh, making the time to uh, do these previews. I really do appreciate it. If you want to follow Javier on Twitter... Uh, while Twitter is still alive, supposedly Elon Musk is completely botching his uh, running of Twitter and it may not last the night. Uh, but if you do want to follow Javier on Twitter, you can follow him at JavierRev9. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. And you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're a new listener or you haven't uh, given a rating or a review for the pod on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and do that now. That would... Along with listening to this, uh, leaving the rating and review would be the best thing you could do to help us grow this thing and help new listeners find the pod. Enjoy the World Cup kickoff this Sunday, Ecuador vs. Qatar. And until next time, see ya.